Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Chib. That's Data Prince Alex. Welcome to the Blue Collar Dynasty Podcast. We're busting our backs, getting our jeans dirty, and playing next man up dynasty football and giving you an in-the-trenches dynasty talk every week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It would be awesome if you could also rate and review our podcast. It's a huge help. And you can follow us on Twitter at Born Football. This week, we're talking takeaways from week five. All right, so let's get it. All right, Alex, start it off for us. So, you know I'm a Bills fan, but I have to say, Buffalo Bills wide receivers, the top two or three that they're playing are must-starts every single week. I don't care who it is, what their names are, if they're a target of Josh Allen and they're they're the top two or three starters, you got to start them. So I'm talking Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. If they're the first two out there, you got to start them. If it's Isaiah McKenzie, that's number three, start them. If it's Khalil Shakir, you got to start them. If it's Isaiah Hodgins, absolutely start them. They're not playing uh, Hodgins enough, I I feel. Um, You know, Jamison Crowder, Jake Kumaro, they've been injured, so I wouldn't worry about them for a while. And and certainly if all of the guys are healthy, then you're starting Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis, and then and then you're looking McKenzie's way to flex. Um, but the other guys are only if like if McKenzie's out, you're starting Shakir. If Gabe Davis is out, you might be looking Hodgins' way. So that there's just so many points to go around and everybody's good on the team. You know, Josh Allen does know how to spread the love. He doesn't he has his favorites, but but he knows how to make sure everybody stays involved, and yeah, because as long as they catch it, his his numbers are going up, and that's when that's that matters, and <laughs> that matters. <laughs> so, all right, so I'm gonna talk about the defenses that you can trust every week. Right? So it's been five weeks. Some people think six, but five weeks, and um, these defenses have been just the class of the class, top of the class. So number one, actually, I don't want to say any particular order. Because I know who I favor, but let's start <laughs> with the, the Cowboys. Cowboys, I ain't gonna lie. Micah Parsons, uh, D. Lawrence, those two, they have a little mini competition between themselves about who's getting the most sacks. And I know from a, from co- competitive experience, when you have that those mini things within the team, it gives you a different drive. And as long as I do my job and I'm able to still win that mini competition, the team eats and the team wins. And we're seeing that. So I think they're a little mini competition who gets the most sacks for the year. I think that's actually been a, a, a secretively a driving force uh, for that defense and making sure things click. Number two, the Bills. I'll be honest with you, I've lived up there in uh, upstate New York, or really it's western New York, and it's cold. And when we play against other teams, especially if they have good weather, I feel like we want to punish them because we hate the cold weather. Actually, I just, <laughs> I do. I just want to beat you to Smith and Reeves. And that defense is amazing. Von Miller has been just fantastic. The leadership, I think he solidified something for that defense that they've been missing over the years. Uh, whatever they paid him, they paid him just right. The Eagles, man, they got some dogs on that team, as uh, Pat McAfee likes to say, which is funny. But <laughs> Nick Serena, he's got his team playing. The Eagles are hungry. They don't just win on offense or winning on defense. 
Um, they're looking like a, a, a solid, like, Super Bowl contending team. And last of 49ers, I don't know why their defense just doesn't drop off. Year in, year out, they just stay consistent with the defense. They don't care who is the coach, Robert Sala. Who's the coach right now? Uh, I'm forgetting his name. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter. It does matter. But I'm just forgetting his name. Uh, but they've been fantastic. And it's like the defense is not competing against other teams' offenses. It's like they're competing against their own offense. <laughs> yeah. It's like we just want to be better than y'all and be like we carry the team. And, and I see that energy coming from them. So Dallas, Bills, Eagles, 49ers, defenses you can trust week in, week out. And Demeco Ryans, I think I'm saying that right. Yes, D'Amico. D'Amico Ryans. Ryan's. Right. Yes. There you go. Appreciate that. That's the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. We got to talk about Geno Smith, unfortunately. Um, ha, so, ha, ha. That's all you got to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so I I got to say Geno Smith is clearly startable. It's It's been five weeks so far, and Geno Smith is currently the fifth best quarterback on the season. He's had one, two, three, four games over 20 points. I will say San Francisco shut him down really, really bad, less than six points. But the defense is good. Yeah, it proves that point. I mean, when we're talking about any other, any other team here coming up on a schedule, Arizona, Los Angeles Chargers, New York Giants, Arizona, I, I don't have fear for any of those teams. Tampa Bay in week 10, I I have some fear, but um, but I still might start him. Um, and then he's got his bye, and he's got the the Raiders and and the Rams. And and again, none of those teams, he doesn't face San Francisco until week 15. So, you know, he's going to be – he's definitely a most week starter at this point until we hear otherwise. Thank you for the respect. All right. I'm going to be talking about Atlanta Falcons. Um, Falcons, like they got some fight in them. I ain't going to lie. They should have won that game last week. Bad call. Ruined it for them. But I said this last week on the podcast. Don't sleep on the Falcons. They look a little different. And uh, for fantasy-wise, that's going to translate, I believe, into value for players. So certain players on that team may become more valuable over time. So if they're not on your team, you might want to start picking and choosing and picking up one or two of those players and grabbing them. If they are on your team and you want to trade them away potentially, wait till they put some things together. You know, once they start performing, trade them because then you start seeing their potential with what could be, and you might have some value in that. So, so in Atlanta, put, don't sleep on them. To put some names to that, Tyler Algier. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, they've all been okay um, here and there. Um, but, you know, we could see them stepping up coming soon. Exactly. And even Zacchaeus, um, <clears throat> he's been performing pretty okay as well. And once they get comfortable within that system and start believing in what they're doing completely and commit to it, you might see some real vibe for those players. Yeah, absolutely. Another one from the Bills game. Bills played the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I got a really good look at George Pickens and Kenny Pickett. Um, this connection is absolutely real. George Pickens is the real deal. Kenny Pickett is the real deal. Um, you know, Tony Romo loves to just ooh and ah over good quarterback play. 
and he wouldn't stop. As a Bills fan, it was kind of annoying, but he got the point home. Kenny Pickett looks good. Um, so both are acquire now assets or forever hold your peace. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching them a little bit more because I didn't get to watch the, uh, that game this week, past week, but that, that sounds interesting. So now this is a section I really wanted to start, <clears throat> and I think it's going to be fun. I think y'all going to enjoy it. We're going to call this one interesting data points. I think we did we have, have we done this yet? I think once. I think in week two, maybe. Gotcha. So this is going to be, I think, I think y'all are going to enjoy it. Um, let's just let's just see what happens so let's let's go with it all right so the first question is kind of a rhetorical question for people but what do geno smith jared goff kirk cousins and josh allen all have in common give you a second to think about it but the answer is they're all top 12 quarterbacks this year in terms of fantasy of course um so three of those names seem a little surprising or would have seemed surprising at the beginning of the season. Um, but of course, Josh Allen, we expected up there. So kind of wild, the, the landscape of the quarterbacks. Um, but that's just the nature of the game. And I expect some of these to ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. Jared Goff had a horrible game last week. Um, Kirk Cousins is only good in one o'clock games, as I'll talk about later. And um, and Geno Smith, you know, again, startable till otherwise. Um, do I have my doubts? Yes. Uh, compared to Josh Allen? Yes. <laughs> but he's definitely startable. So on to the next data point here. So we're looking at the top 12 running backs. And of those top 12, four of them are well, under. Before you get there. I just want to make it clear to the listeners. I said that Kirk Cousins might do something this year because he has a coach that don't hate him. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure that's that's on the record again. Okay. Jared Goff, that's surprising. But last year they were kind of doing some things. So, but it's surprising just how good he's been. I'll be honest this year. But just for the record, Kirk Cousins, I said coach don't hate him. We might see a little bit of something from him. Go ahead. Go on and talk about your little running backs from there. <laughs> I'm going to skip over number one because I don't even want you to talk about Why? it. Why? Respect. Respect <laughs> the man. Look, say his name. <laughs> All right. Well, so before we get into the names, so of the top 12, four are under 25 years old here. So um, we're looking at a fairly old running back top 12 um and then even even at age 25 there's only one so every you know seven of the of the top 12 are older than 25 years old so um pretty significant portion and then only two have less than two years experience in the league and those two are rookies so other than Damien Pierce and Brees Hall, which come in at 10 and 11 on the list, everybody else has at least two years experience. And and only one has two years experience, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then you've got two at three, two at four, 
three at five or four at five and uh one at six um and that's number six six years of experience is that is uh derrick henry so i mean and he's at he's the fifth best running back on the year so far um and just to review those top 12 that's chubb barkley eckler jacobs henry mccaffrey fournette surprising jonathan williams clyde edwards hilaire pierce hall and miles sanders you and you it's interesting usually running backs kind of start tailoring off after after year four um but we might let, let, i think i don't know it's weird to, for me to say but i want to see if things change technology has improved medical science has improved the league is protecting certain, you know, players more than others. Teams are young with young quarterbacks want to probably run the ball more, and which means a better um, the O line. It's actually easier for them to block when it's run when it's a run uh run game. So let, let's see because it's interesting because I feel like back in the day when running backs were like really heavily used, they lasted a long time. Yeah, right? I I mean, we've definitely seen historically there be a a a fall a dropping off point with running backs and a lot of the running backs right now are just waiting for that to happen but what's weird is we've got those second year guys right now that aren't anywhere in the top 12 talking about yeah. Najee Harris Javante Williams so you know, we're, that's really the biggest gap here is is that second year running back that usually is, you know, all of a sudden skyrockets to the top of the league. We don't have that this year. We've got rookies that are kind of inching their way up, but um, it's really the experienced guys that are taking the cake. So that's been interesting. It, looking at the wide receiver position, um, this is I'm getting a little kind of silly here, but it's kind of surprising when you look at the top 12 especially when you're looking at the pictures eight of the 12 have blue on their jerseys is that weird no if it ain't blue it ain't true blue is cal- look blue is calming it's it's trusting it's a, it's a color of trust right and when the quarterbacks see it they're like, i trust him and just and you just let it up there <laughs> and it's just a beautiful thing. That, that's all I'm saying. So, but again, is it is it that the receiver feels good in blue, or that the quarterback trusts that color so well, and it's like I I know where to put it. I or does it's does blue stand out better against green? I mean, we have an ongoing uh, argument in my house about teal things, whether they're blue or green. So. Sometimes that that's an issue telling the difference between blue and green. So I, I feel like I don't teal know. is closer to green. Yeah. Well, it it depends. It depends how you look at it. And does it matter if you're looking at it through a, a, a man's eyes or a woman's eyes? Because I feel like women see more colors than us. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> feel like feel like you're trying to take my wife's side here. <laughs> what I mean, it's like it just seems like they see more colors than us. I'm like, how do you see that? <laughs> It's like every pink is pink to us, and then for them, it's like that's hot pink, that's dry pink, that's that's stale pink, that's uh light pink, that's this. I'm like, wow, that's angry pink. Like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I all I know is that once upon a time, I owned green dishes. They were not blue. Okay. 
but I mean, I think it's an interesting one with that blue one. I really like that. I think we should keep track of players when they wear the blue versus wear like the white or the other or a different color. And let's just see, you know, how they perform on those those situations. And if any other factors affect, that'd be interesting. I like Absolutely. that one. Yeah, let's look at it. All right, moving on to tight ends. Um, all right, this is kind of a fun one. So Travis Kelsey is the, our top tight end right now. He's got 20 more points than the next highest tight end, who is Mark Andrews, of course. And Mark Andrews has almost 10 points higher than the third, which, if you don't know this or not, Taysom Hill is currently the third best tight end. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? And then, and then Taysom Hill has almost 10 points higher than the fourth best tight end, who's um, TJ Hawkinson. So it, you kind of see here there's, there's wild tiers going on at the tight end position. It kind of levels off around the fifties after that. So, uh, you know, when we're looking at Travis Kelsey, he's up around the hundreds and then, and then we're kind of tearing down from there. Um, so that's been kind of interesting. Which is, but it's pretty accurate to what we talked about. Like, I think like the first episode or second episode, when we talked about how tight ends are like, it's almost like boom or bust. Right. That you got the haves and the have nots. Exactly. Most, most of the league is in the have-nots. You're lucky to get seven points a week. And really, you know, all you need for that is a touchdown for the most part. Yep. And then and then you've got those few guys that have the top three, maybe four tight ends that are really doing well. And to be honest, I don't really want TJ Hawkinson right now. And he's not the fourth best tight end. Yep. And the reason for that is if we look at his last couple games, you guys can see week four, he had 37.9 points. Absolutely outrageous game. Week five, he had 1.1 game or 1.1 points. I mean, how how can you play him and expect anything? I, I mean, he's just way too boom bust. I, I mean, I'll take the booms. I. I'm not saying I wouldn't play him if he's on my team. You're going to play him. You're going to you're going to enjoy having him on your team better than, you know, someone like Tyler Conklin who's been disappointing, but Conklin's still the 13th best wide receiver or best tight end. So, um you know, tight end landscape gets set every year in the fantasy football world. It's rough out there and mm -hmm. it's hard to find a good one. Um and I got to say, I'm, I know Taysom Hill has kind of felt like he's come out of nowhere, but God, you got to play him. If you have him, you play him. I mean, the, the weeks that he has are just so explosive. It, I mean, similar to what you're looking at with TJ Hawkinson last week, he had 39.46 points. I mean, how do you put that on your bench? And it was on yeah. most people's bench. So. That's that, amazing. That's my soapbox. We should keep moving, though. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. So, all right. So, let's talk about last week and who we recommended to y'all to start for different games. All right. So, I'll start with my the plays I recommended. I recommended it for the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers, um, and he was decent. He wasn't great, 
And I know because he's on my fantasy squad. He was decent. I, but I won my game, though. I ain't going to lie. So I was really happy about that. But he was decent. Um, for the running back position, we had Derrick Henry. He did great. Fantastic. I tell you, I can't hear me back. All right, wide receiver, we had Debo Samuel. I thought he was going to do a lot more against the um, Panthers, but he was okay nonetheless. He did, he did, he did okay nonetheless. Um, and then we have, for tight end, Will Disley. Uh, he didn't do great. He was bad. He was bad. All right, and then for the defense, I had the 49ers. They were great. They were Cheater. really great. They were, they were like, ty- uh, what is it called? Cornflakes or would you, flakes Tiger great. So would you say, Chip, that they're the number one defense on the year? I think so. So that was a risky pick that you had. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. These sleeper games, we just they take a day off. <laughs> That's why, you know, Carolina Panthers, like, take a day off. No. And then you got Justin Tucker. Great. Game winner. Bang. Again, right sleeper. Sleeper. That was a sleeper <laughs> one. That was. That was that was close to what I thought it was gonna be. But I did predict. I said, hey, they're not finishing plays as supposed to. And Lamar, he he missed a couple throws that he should have he should have had. All right. And I was right about that. He's Justin Tucker is gonna play a, a, a big role. And uh Dr. Chibb, once again, you were correct. <laughs> so let's keep moving. Data friends the what you got. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop giving you crap. Um all right, I had Tom Brady um, at quarterback. He was good. Uh, that was a solid play. At running back, I said Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson or Damien Harris. And Harris got injured, but Ramondre Stevenson was great. So um, he was he was good. So And he's going to be good going forward, too, um, if Harris is out. Um, at wide receiver... C.D. Lamb was my pick, and he was absolutely dreadful. Gosh. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't even know how Dallas won this game. Well, it was the defense. But, I mean, even even their quarterback had an awful game fantasy-wise. You know, I, I mean, Cooper Rush was just terrible. But somehow he played well enough to get them a win. Anyway. That defense. Yeah. Tight end, Hunter Henry was okay defense eagles they were bad uh you know bad day yeah they did have a bad day the the thing is though they didn't go negative so and i'm always looking for a defense not to go negative (laughs) yeah um still definitely uh you know they they played a good team last week and i i would say that they're a start every week um ryan suck up so he was okay um but I, I think Tom Brady getting hurt. Um, oh, wait, no, Tom Brady's not hurt. Wait, what was it? Oh, yeah, he's getting divorced. Maybe. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, yeah, that's a little insensitive, guys. Sorry. But he's he's going through a rough patch. It's not yes. it's not the type of rough patch that Russell Wilson's going through. It's uh, it's a little different. So should, should we talk about our week six, guys? Yep. So week six, you know, I got some look, y'all. I'm dropping some gems for y'all this one. I think I'm gonna hit on all these ones. Quarterback, you can start Justin Herbert or Geno Smith. I think both of them are gonna do great against the defenses. So Justin Herbert, he's playing against the Broncos defense while Geno's playing against the Cardinals defense. So I think I think that's gonna that's gonna be fun. Running back, this is a bold one. <laughs> this is a bold one. I'm going with David Montgomery versus the commander's defense. The commanders have not been great. Dave Montgomery and the Bears, they need a good game. If they focus on the run game first 
and then open it up with some play action. I think they're gonna have a good time for the, the Bears specifically. So I'm hoping that they, that they do that, and then Montgomery will be good. Wide receiver, I'm gonna go with Marquise Brown versus Seattle Seahawks defense. The defense has been atrocious. It's been like a leaky faucet, just letting anything through. Um, and yeah, they need they're gonna need help. So Marquise, he should do well during that game. That goes into the tight end situation with Zach Ertz. Also, he should do well in this game. Um, I believe. Uh, with that, with that, how the Seahawks defense is playing now. The defense, if their defense wakes up for some reason, I won't be personally mad at it, but just but they're not looking good. And then for defense, the Rams defense versus Carolina that's a that's just a gimme to me. Like, Carolina is garbage, like they, and they, they just they, lost they their coach. If you could relegate teams, they, they're on the, they're the first, they're getting the first round pick this year. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, uh, and then kicker. I mean, I'm gonna go with the old trusty, trusty trust, <laughs> big just Justin Tucker. He's gonna kick it down the down the uprights all day, and so that's 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 what I see um in that situation. So it should be fun. All right, I'll give you my picks. Um, at QB, we're looking at Kirk Cousins. He's facing off against Miami. It's a one o'clock game. What did I say earlier? Start him in your one o'clock games. If he's prime time, don't start him. Um. He gets a little jumpy um, at running back. I'm looking at Melvin Gordon against Los Angeles chargers. They are the worst team against running backs right now. Um, I will say Melvin Gordon has a chance to um, kind of lose some carries to Mike Boone, maybe Latavis Murray. It's a little risky, but it, well, I should say it's a lot risky, but Melvin Gordon could really blow up in this game. Next is wide receiver Chris Godwin. I think we saw last week a little bit about what a wide receiver two can do against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Mm. I I mean, Gabe Davis just absolutely embarrassed them. Um, I I would expect Chris Godwin to do similar things. They are different types of players. Um, Chris Godwin's more of a possession, more of a um, route runner. He, he's almost like a Steph Diggs type and uh, Mike Evans is a little bit more of that um, similar body type to Gabe Davis. Um, mm-hmm. So either one of them really would be a great start, but the Pittsburgh defense is just not the same without their pass rush. Um, and, and we need to start recognizing that tight end. I'm going with Noah Fant against Arizona. Um in the same way, Gino should be good. Uh, Noah Fant should also get some benefit here from uh, facing off against a, a weak Arizona defense. Um, a defense we saw blow up last week, Patriots defense, and they're playing Cleveland this week. I, I'm thinking we're going to see good things again from them. It doesn't take long for the Patriots defense against um, – it doesn't take long for the Patriots defense to start getting good every year. I mean, year in, year out, Coach Belichick finds a way to get a good defense. It doesn't necessarily always happen right away, but it, by by midseason, he figures it out, and I think he has. At kicker, I'm going with Matt Gay against Carolina Panthers. Again, Carolina really is pretty horrible right now. Um you know, I my only nervousness against for Carolina, I gotta say, is 
there's something to be said about when a bad coach gets fired, what the team does afterwards is always interesting. And sometimes they surprise us. Um, now, in the past, they've had to have a quarterback for that to actually happen. So um, I think – P.J. Walker might do something, hey, though. Hey, no offense to P.J. Walker, okay? No offense. <laughs> we we just don't know. We just we don't know. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. So we'll check in next week and see what the results are for the picks. Uh, do not blame us. Do not add us. Don't get mad at us. Uh, just just our opinions. It don't mean nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Only only <laughs> message us if they do well. Don't message us if they do bad. Exactly. Yeah. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about these week six storylines. So some interesting things I think coming up in week six. Uh, some maybe talked about a lot. Others maybe a little bit under the radar. So what you got, Data Prince? What you, what are, what are some things you want to talk about? All right. Well, so we talked a little bit about Marquise Brown earlier. Um. He really only has one more week without DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I know you just sold him in our um, – or I should say you, you traded him away in our uh, – yeah, in our, our uh, Dynasty League. And I think that was a good choice because with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, there's a lot of risk that his target share could go way down. Now there's – there could be some benefits here, maybe – Hopkins takes a lot of the uh, attention of the defense and maybe Marquise gets, gets good um, or it gets even better um, or stays the same. Any of that would be great. He's the wide receiver six on the year, but we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, I, there's just some risk coming up. So it's a good time to trade for or trade away Marquise Brown. Um, yeah. And I got a good, I got good, good, good for my trade. I was happy. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so right, what else you got? Let's talk about bye weeks. Bye weeks start this week. Our first four teams up are Detroit, Houston, Vegas, and we've got Tennessee. So at, in Detroit, the takeaways I'd say is you could probably get really good value um, by trading four. Detroit Lions right now because they're not helping the team this week and they're coming off a horrible game. People like Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift have both been really great. Swift is injured right now, but he could be coming back anytime. And Jamal Williams is a top 12 running back, but you could get some good value here um, despite despite them doing so well because of the horrible game that they had followed by the bye week. Um, so just take a peek. Houston, um, we're looking at Cooks, Mills, and Pierce are really the only relevant players. Pierce is a top 12 running back now. Um, Mills is a, you know, startable in a two QB league only. And even then he's probably a QB three. And then Brandon Cooks, um, He's been okay, but, uh, again, nothing to write home about there. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, their wide receivers, Darren Waller, uh, Jacobs at the running back position, um, all, all are, you're going to be without all of them this week. And the Tennessee Titans, the big, the big fish that we're losing, Derek Henry this week, um, 
Ryan Tannehill and the wide receivers there as well. Um, so, so definitely some guys out and, uh, hopefully you've got replacements on your team ready to go and maybe think about targeting these teams, um, for trades. I like that. Um, I think the biggest miss is going to be the LV wide receivers and what you call it. Jared Goff, actually, he's whoever has him, they might miss him a lot. Honestly, I just thought about that <laughs> with their bye week. But I like that. Thanks for the tips. All right. For me, I want to talk about some QB problems. All right. Number one, let's talk about these injured quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, I think he'll be fine, but maybe his ego's also injured a bit. Confidence might be injured a bit. Um, as well as something that might be wrong with his shoulder. So we'll see how that turns out if he, you know, works through it, shows resilience, and uh, but it doesn't look good. Uh, Baker, he's I think he's working his way out of the league. All right, let's keep on moving. Tua, a doctor recently said, not recently, but maybe a week ago when it happened, but he said Tua should retire from the NFL. I don't know how likely that would happen, but it was interesting. He said that seizure he had is such a troubling sign. Right, that he should retire because that could be his life, which is very interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted it's to say freaky. That. I mean, I I think this could be, um, you know, a a similar, a similar issue to uh, Andrew Luck. This could be a similar issue mm. to what we saw with Andrew Luck, where he just seemingly retires out of nowhere, but sometimes the hits get to you at the quarterback position. They You're do. usually defenseless and you know it, they come in quick and out of nowhere I, I mean I was scared for Tua when he went back in and during the Bills game and then they played him the next week they I mean yeah it was just bad what they did with Tua and it, it really could be his career and it honestly it should be I, I mean in terms of in terms of safety yeah, I'd be worried. I agree. And then the next one we got is Mac Jones, high ankle sprain. Um, the the Patriots aren't an explosive team, but with Mac Jones, he really is a game a good game manager, I would say. And uh, they kind of need that just to kind of get through because the defense can't be playing all game. And so let's see if he'd be back this week. And then Dak Prescott, I think – he could be the difference maker potentially between Cowboys being just, you know, fighting for relevancy and become potentially a, a Super Bowl contending team. Because once they have, an, if they have an elite quarterback, if that Prescott considers himself elite, um, with that elite defense, that defense could carry you a long while. It should give you a little more confidence and free up your play on the offensive side. So he may be the difference maker there. Um, can but, I say something controversial? Yeah. I think Dallas has been better with Cooper Rush than they were with Dak Prescott this year. Well, I think the defense is becoming the leader of the team. Yeah. Well, that's true. They definitely gave it all up to the defense um, yes. when, once Dak went down. Um, and I think it has, to stay, it has to stay the same way. Yeah. I just don't think Dak has figured out how to use C.D. Lamb. And I think Cooper Rush did. I mean, minus the last game, but C.D. Lamb has looked better with Cooper Rush than than with Dak Prescott. Yeah, and I think I think Cooper Rush knows he's trying to manage the game. I'm trying to play. 
I, I'm playing not to make mistakes. He has zero direct inter interceptions. I'm just playing a manageable game and letting the defense finish it off. <laughs> that's that's it. Dak Prescott, he is. I have to. I have to win the game with my arm. I think now he understands he does not have to win the game with his arm. Yeah. His, the, his defense. You, so I think let's see how that relationship happens. Because I agree with what you're saying with Cooper Rush. Like they have played better under Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. But I think sometimes Dak feels like he has to prove something, and I think he could just be like, I don't got to prove nothing. Just go out there and play. Yeah. So, True. We'll see. Yeah. Right, well, and. Then, and and he only played, sorry, he only played, you know, one game. one game. So that's true. That's true. And so, all right, next one. I got Tom Brady here, not under injured, but he's going through a divorce or alleged divorce. Um, and that's that emotional toll. It, it hits anyone, honestly. Like he's he isn't a machine, he still is human. So we'll see how that affects his play going forward. Um, now some quarterbacks with some poor play, atrocious play. Andy Dalton, oh my goodness. All right, enough said. We don't know when James is coming back. Hopefully, he comes back soon. Um, but it's it's bad. Taysom Hill, he's not a quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. That man is not a quarterback. He's an athlete, not a quarterback. Let's keep moving. All right, Ryan Tannehill. Nobody likes him. All right, I don't think his teammates like him like that. Um, I think he's been lucky in in many parts. But that he, I don't know what's going on over there. Davis Mills. Um, Data Prince. Data Prince was so high on Davis Mills earlier this year. And I was like, "What? <laughs> you just calling me out? He Who? he looked oh. he looked good last year. He looked good, especially for fantasy. I thought we could get some garbage time um, production off of Dave Smells, but I, I mean, I haven't seen enough there to to do anything with. Look, when you're drunk, a lot of things do look good, but it doesn't mean it's good. So <laughs> you were you were you were drunk on something on hope, whatever it was." <laughs> yeah, it looked good. <laughs> so, all right. And then we got Matthew Stafford. Oh, goodness. Atrocious. Now, I don't know. His elbow is just – he had some surgery with his elbow. I don't know if it's going to be um, – I don't know the long-term effect of it. I think it's going to be an issue all year. I, I mean, feel like that, too. He looks too. bad. He, he looks bad. old. Yeah, look. Him and Russ both look old. Him and Russ look old. I saw an interesting point. They say last year, 2021 season, Russell Wilson ran for almost 400 less yards than the previous year, right? And they show yeah. how that affected his quarterback rating and everything. It was very interesting. I'm like, wow. So if you're, if his legs aren't working, like if he's not that dual threat quarterback, I guess it's easier to really pressure him and make him make bad decisions. Yeah. All right, lastly, Carson Wentz. His coach just threw him under the bus recently, supposedly apologized. I feel bad for this guy because he's just like he's the most unwanted person other than Baker Mayfield, uh, you can imagine. And I don't know, I just I want to see him do well. I'll be honest. I want to see him do well. He had like a good first game. And I thought he like he showed up, but man, was I wrong in some, in some capacity. So let's see if things settle down there. Um then lastly we got some new starts, new two new two new players starting. We got PJ Walker and Skylar Thompson. Uh, PJ, we've seen him play before. Um, I'm hoping he has he has a good time out there, but I think if he just plays free and fun, like Carolina should just say, you know what, the season is over. Let's go out there and have some fun, right? Let's not <laughs> stress each other. Let's go out there and have some fun, play some interesting games, put some, give, put up some fun plays. Give the and, ball and make, to CMC. Give the say? ball. Give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, look, do it, but don't overuse him because you know you don't want him to get injured. No, no. But 
have some fun, put on some trick plays. Like, let's liven it up a little bit. Let's get back to it. I think if I was a like interim coach at Carolina, I don't care about playing for no job. I'm playing. Let's let's make sure these guys come to work, they have fun, they enjoy themselves. Um, winning is fun, yes, but let's we'll put up together some kind of game plan. But let's go back to the to the to like the the playground. Skylar Thompson, I don't know who he plays for. <laughs> He's from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's honestly the perfect introduction, right? He's a he's a rookie quarterback, third string, never expected to see the field for Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, he's I don't even I don't know what round he's in from. I, I forget. But yeah, it's uh kind of wild that they're down to Skyler now because uh um Teddy Bridgewater got injured as well. Um Unfortunately, Skylar Thompson got negative points in his first start against the Jets last week. Um, or sorry, I should say his first game against the the uh, he did not start that Teddy started. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of wild. I was trying to see if I could figure seventh round. That's when he's picked in the seventh round. So they found him on the street. Yeah, say, this, hey, is, play football? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is scary stuff. Um, but I don't know. Interesting. He's 25. He's he's not a he's not a super youngin. He's a he's an old rookie. That that's oh we'll see what happens with Skyler. We'll see what happens with Skyler there. So but that's about it for us. I'm not gonna lie, that was fun. Uh much faster than I know y'all are used to. We're gonna try to keep it like this, but uh we just want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, just hit the plus button. On Spotify, hit the follow button and please again leave us a review if you can. Um, positive reviews only. <laughs> All right, that's our weekly podcast. So give them help, folks. Remember, I'm gonna start saying this from now on. Choose kindness, choose joy, choose peace. Have a good one. Peace.